This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Uh, Nick Medelsky, excited to be with you on a wonderful wintry morning here in Waseca, Minnesota. Uh, joining us next on the phone uh, is uh, Heather King from sunny Tucson, Arizona, uh, joining us. And she's going to be talking to us about her faith journey. Uh, good morning, Heather. Good morning. Could you uh, share with our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, first of all, it's wonderful to be speaking to someone in Minnesota, which is the state where I got sober 36 ah. years ago. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Hazel Dunn. Um, I am, oh gosh, I'm a convert as of, I came into the church in 1996. I'm an ex-lawyer, I'm a recovering alcoholic, I'm uh, kind of a pilgrim, I guess you could say. I'm single, I occupy that beautiful station in the church of a single lay woman, Um, consecrated to Christ, and uh, I'm a writer. That's my vocation. So I write uh, for the for the church, more or less, um, and uh, trying to spread the gospels to the ends of the earth. Beautiful, beautiful. And just uh, reading your bio a little bit before uh, you came on the air, I, uh, I there, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting things. So um, I think maybe we'll start uh, with uh, kind of kind of your early life and, and your young adult years. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I grew up on the coast of New Hampshire in a small town, eight kids in my family. We weren't Catholic, we were Protestant, lived across from the Congregational Church. And, uh, you know, this template was kind of set. I was in this big family, I was kind of an island. My next oldest sibling was seven years older, and my next youngest sibling was five years younger, and everyone else was kind of a year apart. So um, that's kind of how I like to... You know, I've lived in cities all my adult life, and so I like to, I'm kind of in a cloister. You know, I'm a real introvert, kind of contemplative mm. sort. So, but also my parents, we didn't have a lot of money. My father was a bricklayer. My mother was a housewife, but we had music. All of kids had music lessons. We had a piano. We had nature. We took walks. We identified flowers and birds and trees. Mm. And we read. We read. Mm. So... All the things that have sustained me through my through my life, uh, yeah, and just good, decent, hardworking, salt of the earth folk. And uh, the, one of the other things you mentioned is that you're you're an ex lawyer. Uh, how did you decide to to go to law school? <laughs> well, that was <laughs> I always say a rather ill ill advised decision. I was living in Boston, deep in. To alcoholism in my right. uh, late 20s, just kind of waitress, hated waitressing, waitress. Um, and I re- I saw, oh, people are sort of moving on around me here. What am I What am I doing? And so there was a law school right up the street from the loft where I lived, Suffolk Law School. And I'm good at taking tests. So I thought, <laughs> well, you can go to law school. I mean, it was really kind of like that. I had some vague idea of sort of, quote, helping people, um, but I'm really not um, temperamentally suited to any kind of 
conflict or controversy for starters. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, and it was really kind of to protect my thinking, oh, this will make it look like I'm doing something for three years instead of just furthering away my life on the bar stool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you mentioned there um, that uh, that uh, alcoholism had had entered into your life at that point. Uh, could you speak a little bit, maybe, about uh, how that uh, how that was affecting your life at the time? Well, alcohol had stepped into my life a long time before. Except mm. I started drinking when I was thirteen, so mm. um, you know, I just have I have the disease of alcoholism, meaning. Right. I, Almost in, almost immediately set up an, a, definitely a mental obsession and in time a physical craving and um, that was my god so to speak that was what ruled my life alcohol was my organizing principle so it affected me utterly on every level physically emotionally spiritually that's how you order your life we're going to get the money to buy more booze where the places that I can get drunk and etc. Um, and I, but I did always have this kind of, you know, I look back and I, I think, oh, there was this flame, though, you know, the flame of Christ and who I didn't even know yet, really, in my heart that never was entirely quenched, this desire to live and to do good. Um, so, and, and I was a big reader, so I'd take these kind of pilgrimages to the Boston Public Library, I always had a stack of books, and I, so I did have this kind of inner life uh, but, yeah, no, my life was absolutely, I mean, I was a barroom kind of blackout, falling down drunk. That's mm. the deal. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Um, and you said you said something interesting there, though, about how, looking back now, you still see sort of the, the, the flame of, of Christ kind of trying to guide you through that, that time. Can you maybe say a little bit more about that? Well, I think... I think deep in my heart, you know, we have a conscience, um, and and I just knew on some level I'm kind of squandering my birthright, meaning everything that my parents had worked so hard. You know, they they really were um, they laid down their lives for their kids more or less, um, and I and I knew that on some level. Um, I knew, I mean, I did all the stuff that a woman does in a barroom uh, when she wanders in by herself. So all, all of that, I, mm. I just knew this is a real, um, you know, corruption of my soul. And I think, I think that never, I think that in a way, my, my family actually ended up having an intervention for me. And, uh, mm. and so I think it just kind of kicked off that, um, you know, they told the truth. They said, we see how you drink, and it's affecting us. That's what really what an intervention is. And whatever was in me that was still able to be honest and to admit, oh, this isn't just about me. This isn't just my life. I'm affecting the people around me. And that's a very incarnational, mystical body, Catholic mm-hmm. thought, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> did I know? You know? And I think that was, again, as I look back, I also had this kind of moment in the woods while I was still drinking. I was down in Nashville. I had this real sort of atheist in the foxhole falling to my knees and realizing I'm going to die if I keep Mm. drinking like this. And I prayed the Lord's Prayer that I knew Mm. from Sunday school. You know that I hadn't prayed like that really ever. Very sincere, sincere prayer, deliver me from evil. 
and I, I, I got up and went in and started drinking again, but it was very shortly after my family had an intervention. And I think, too, these kind of turning points we have where it's, it's God is just waiting for the door to open the smallest crack and you rushes <laughs> and says, oh, the heart, the heart, her heart is ready, you know. Absolutely. Uh, it, the, if you're just joining us, uh, Nick Medelsky here on Real Presence Live. We're speaking with with Heather King about uh, about her life and and about uh, some different things around that. Uh, so you mentioned you were you were raised a congregationalist, right? Mm-hmm. And then sort of had this. You know, we were talking about sort of a, a darker period in your life, and then uh, you said you know that that intervention was sort of the the turning point. Uh, sounded like. Um, and then uh, you became Catholic somehow. How did that? How did that happen? How did that get thrown into the mix? Exactly. People just need to read all of my books because each of these events is explained in detail. But um, okay, fast forward. Um, got to, went to Hazelden. Never drank again. Went back to Boston. Um, found a fellowship uh, of recovering alcoholics that has sustained me for thirty-six years now. Um, so began to have this kind of idea of God, wanted someone to thank higher power. Oh, what is, what is it? What is he? And so search and search, got married, moved to Los Angeles, passed the California bar, started working as a lawyer. I'm working in Beverly Hills. Everything appears to be great. And I have a deep existential crisis. The law is not what I was born for. It's mm-hmm. not what God gave me a second chance for. But I had, who am I going to serve? That was really my question. And I looked around, and the culture, there was nothing, nothing, as there isn't now, I think maybe even less than ever, nothing to address those questions. The the culture says, anesthetize yourself. Here's how to do it. Get a screen, sex, belongings, possessions, power, property, prestige, more of it, more of it. And I just knew, no. And I had this deep call on my heart to write. And um, and so, yeah, I just started. And I also had a deep urge, as it turned out, to worship. Who knew? And, um, <laughs> you know, I went around, and I just went around to all the churches. And, uh, you know, the Protestant churches just didn't do it. The Episcopal Church didn't do it. The Unitarian Church really didn't do it. And there was kind <laughs> of only one church left, you know, and it was a church with a body on the cross, you know, and uh, I just went, I went to a noon mass at St. Basil's in Koreatown, L.A., and uh, just literally, uh, just it, kind of in anguish, like Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, just what, what is the answer? Am I supposed to quit my job as a lawyer? And, um, and I saw that body on the cross, and I just sat through mass without really understanding I mean, I had the rudiments of it, right, but, um, right. I, you know, and I just, I just, I hear my, my sheep hear me, they know me, and, you know, I just, I just said, this is my home, and I come into RCIA, I mean, I knew no Catholics, so he really, like a lost sheep, he really guided me deeply, deeply, I don't even know how it happened, you know, I just absolutely went true north, this is my home, and I... I've never left. Beautiful, beautiful. That's that's so fantastic to hear, and it's. I always love 
love hearing stories uh, from people who've converted into the church. Uh, last night here we had a banquet, and uh, Steve Ray was our speaker. He was a he was an evangelical, and he eventually read himself into the church. Um, but uh, always beautiful to hear the range of experiences. Some people who you know. Um, you know, it's it's more of an intellectual thing, or or more of a uh, a straight, you know, uh, hit with a lightning bolt kind of experience. I think, <laughs> uh, like you just shared there, it's just so so beautiful to hear the range of experiences. And like you said, um, you know, Christ calling his sheep, and he he calls us in different ways, right? Because uh, each of us yeah. needs a different call. So, uh, if you're just yeah. tuning in. Uh, Nick Medelsky here on Real Presence Live speaking with Heather King. She's a, an ex-lawyer and now an author and a lot of other wonderful things that we'll talk about after the break. So stay tuned here on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play. To which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Alexa-enabled devices. In your year-end planning, consider an IRA rollover to Real Presence Radio. Congress has made permanent the law that allows people aged 70 and a half or older to make gifts directly from their IRA to charity. For many, this is the best tax-wise way to give. An IRA rollover gift will not be included in your taxable income and may qualify for your required minimum distribution. For more information, please call Mike at 701-290-4503. Let's make a difference. I guess my two favorite programs are The Journey Home, just because I love stories, and I love stories of faith, and so almost always delightful to listen to. And then Alcrest in the Afternoon is my second favorite. Um, he has so many book reviews, and I love to read, and, you know, so many books, so little time, but I love uh, the people that he interviews, and, yeah, so those are my two favorites. Yep. I, I would agree. I, I really like uh, listening to the program Returning Home, but as Sean mentioned, I have a very early adoration hour, so I, I always listen to Mother Angelica and the, and, and the Holy Rosary on the way at 3.30 a.m., and, and then I and then usually, my at least in the, in the summertime, my routine is then headed out and run through a bunch of cows and whatnot, so I usually listen to, to Morning Glory and the Sunrise Morning Show and get all kinds of fun tidbits and some news, and, and it's really refreshing and enjoyable thing, something I look forward to when I step out of the church. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky here in Wasika, Minnesota, uh, speaking with Heather King on the phone about her life, about her, her journey of faith, and uh, a lot of other uh, wonderful things. Uh, so we, we talked about kind of one of the, the big uh, challenges you face. Well, several of the big challenges you faced in your life, right? Facing uh, alcoholism there. 
uh, facing, you know, this, uh, like you said, an existential crisis, uh, what to do with your life, um, as well as looking for the faith. Um, are there any other challenges you faced in your life? Oh, so many. <laughs> and, <laughs> and ongoing. <laughs> um, well, let's see. There was the fact that my husband, the fact that I converted and I quit my job as a lawyer to start start to be a, quote, creative writer. <laughs> and my, my husband um, was not remotely interested in converting along with me. Uh, and I was kind of the breadwinner. And mm. so it, it was just, a, I mean, that, that wasn't so much a problem, but it was just, I really, um, in L.A., the, um, I think what most people from the rest of the country consider the unlikeliest place in the world for a spiritual awakening, <laughs> but I had one. And um, I really came into myself as a writer and a human being and a Catholic, and so it was just a lot of change, and the marriage did not, Sustained. We hadn't been married in the church, of course, and uh, mm. but anyway. So there was that, and then uh, the breakup of the marriage. I uh, had it annulled. There was the breast cancer around the year two thousand. There was following on the heels of the of the breakup with my husband. It's hideous. Um, this is a little gift that's given to some of us, some special people of us. <laughs> this kind of shattering semi-insane, quote, falling in love, kind mm. of a Dante and Beatrice, except utterly not not returned. <laughs> 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 um, that just went on for years, and um, I just, it was such a, uh, just an experience that shattered me on every level. I mean, I literally thought I might be losing my mind, and of course you realize, oh, I thought I was somewhat spiritually advanced, but apparently I'm just um, floundering. I'm just, uh, I don't know how to love, I'm not, I don't know how to love, I don't know how to be loved, et cetera, et cetera. So those were some, and then there's the kind of inherent, I don't want to say destitution, maybe poverty is not quite the right word, but realizing that as a, as a writer, and I, I very quickly thought I was going to sort of write you know, people are always saying, oh, you could sell way more if you never, didn't mention Jesus. Don't mention Catholicism. <laughs> people hate that. That's kind of thing. And, every, and I just realized I can't really, I mean, it's not like I have to mention, I, I mentioned Jesus every other sentence, but it's very, very, my life is grounded in Christ, and so I can't not write about him or from that angle. And so there's a kind of poverty, the kind of exile that goes along with that. There's the acceptance of, oh, well, I really am meant to bear the most fruit as a celibate, a single, as, as every, uh, you know, this whole, like, station of the single person in the Church, which I think everyone has to come to grips with that is single, and uh, I'm kind of, oh, well, how can I make that? Obviously, this is a special way to lay down my life for my friends, so those are just some of the things that struggled with mm-hmm. um uh, we we so you spoke a bit there about uh about your uh your career as an author right and and people telling you uh what what you should be writing you know and and all those sorts of things could you tell us a little bit more about uh you know uh, some of the books you've written some of the different places uh you've written yeah 
Yes. Um, I, I joke that I've written a book about every single thing that's ever happened to me. So <laughs> I, I now have 13 books, so there you go. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wrote my first book was about, sort of, uh, the, you know, the spirituality of uh, of alcoholism, addiction, of or rather recovering from it. Um, although it's not really, it's, it's really a memoir, a childhood memoir. Uh, childhood and young adulthood. I wrote my the next book, Redeemed, was about my conversion. Um, I mean, I wrote a book about uh, cancer. I wrote a book about food. I've written a book about gardening. I've written a book about healing from abortion. Um, and and I wrote a lot about L.A. I mean, we're incarnational. I feel like we should be. I, I'm a big walker. And so I think a follower of Christ is curious about curious and praises the sky, birds, trees, all of it, with which we're surrounded, our culture. Uh, so I wrote a lot about that in L.A., and through that, I came to write a weekly arts, a, a weekly column on arts, culture, faith, and life for Angeles News, Archdiocesan Newspaper of L.A. Um, they give me carte blanche. I think I've done it eight years now, every single wow. week. Yeah, so... Um, it's really a wonderful, like I'm going to write, I just spent two nights at this monastery in Big Sur on the California coast because I just mm-hmm. took a back from a road trip. So I'm going to write about that. I might write about, I'm going to write about the Velveteen Rabbit, children, mm-hmm. beloved children, etc. So uh, I write for Magnificat, a, a monthly column called Credible Witnesses, which is a notable Catholic who's not yet who's not been canonized, may never be, may be in the process, but not actually a saint. And uh, so that, too, I really, I get to touch the hem of the garment of all these incredible people that are part of our communion of saints. And uh, so it's a rich, rich life that allows me to serve the Church and, in my way, to spread the Gospels to the ends of the earth. I have a blog, too that I've had forever so absolutely and I and I noticed that uh, uh, we were talking a little bit during the during the break that uh, this one of the books that uh, you have available is called uh, Fools for Christ 50 Divine Eccentric Artists Martyrs Stigmatists and Unsung Saints uh, and you said those are uh, some of the articles uh, right that you've written for Magnifica what sort of inspired you uh, to write that column um, being asked to do it. <laughs> and I said, oh, thank you. A little bit of a monthly um, income. Right. Yes, they, they approached me, and a, a friend of mine, bless her heart, had um, introduced my work to the former editor-in-chief, Father Peter Cameron, and so he asked me, and yeah, and that too, I've been doing for years, and uh, it's really it's really fun sort of hashing out, okay, what's the list for next? year, try to get a mixture of people, of men and women, etc. But for me, as a, as a, as a single lay woman, I'm drawn to, um, not, I mean, not, not every time, but to kind of include these people that are a little bit more on the, on the fringes, um, on the out, Christ on the outskirts, uh, uh, so that we can all feel um, that we have a place at the table. Well, fantastic, fantastic! I really look uh, look forward. Uh, if people want to uh, to uh, read read what you wrote, find out more about your books, where would they go? 
Um, Definitely my website, heather-king.com. All my stuff is available on um, Amazon, of course. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, you'll get a real flavor. My my website's pretty extensive, and there's all kinds of some of my favorite books and um, about me and photos and on and on and on. So that would be the place to go. Well, fantastic. Um, it's that time of the show where we throw things back up to uh, Fabulous Fargo to get a preview of tomorrow's show. So take it away, Rachel. On the next Tour Presence Live, Monday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Brad Gray and Janine Bitson are your hosts, coming to you live from the Fargo studio. They'll be speaking with Chris and Hannah Motz about the Emanuel community, and Joseph Meany will be talking about the fundamentals of Catholic bioethics. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Monday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Well, fantastic. Um, Heather, any final thoughts? Oh, blessed, blessed Advent to everyone. And um, let's just um, concentrate on the light that shines in darkness and the joy that the child is about to be born. Fantastic. Well, again, that uh, website is heather-king.com. I want to make sure, yep, .com. And uh, there's there's so much there. You can read uh, articles as well as get information on the books. Like you said, 13 books uh, written, and I'm sure there'll be more um, coming soon at some point. Uh, there's just there's so much fantastic stuff there. Uh, such an interesting life, and, and to be able to read that and uh, uh, those uh, those articles as well. Uh, just a, a fantastic window into things, um, especially those, uh, like I said, that, that idea of focusing on um, people who've led holy lives who, who may never even be proclaimed a saint, uh, but just from different walks of life. I think that's that's really, really cool and really fascinating. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. Tell us all about this. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And uh, before we uh, end today's show, I uh, again, I wanted to thank everyone who made it out to the uh, the banquet here in Rochester with our speaker, Steve Ray. Just a fantastic night to be together. Um, really uh, heard nothing but positive uh, after last night. So thank you, Rochester, for coming out to support Austin as well. I know we had a table from Austin. Uh, everyone who was able to come out and join us, especially the clergy, uh, the table hosts, our, our uh, banquet committee, thank you so much for all of your help. Uh, also, one person did mention to me about uh, Operation One More, uh, which is run out of the Church of the Resurrection there in Rochester. They are uh, collecting funds to uh, give uh, give meals to families this holiday season who wouldn't ordinarily be able to afford them. If you're interested in uh, donating to that, you can reach out to Stephanie Kalura at stephanie.kalura, C-O-L-L-U-R-A at gmail.com. God bless your week. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.